Welcome to Burn It All Down, the feminist sports podcast you need. I'm Jessica Luther, and this week I'm excited to be talking to Mirren Fader, a feature writer at The Ringer whose work I've long admired. She's the author of a new book, Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an MBA MVP. But as I like to do, I'm going to let her introduce herself. My name is Mirren, and I am a features writer. And I just really like telling stories of athletes who you think you know, and I like bringing the human side to sports. Not just a feature writer. You're now an author. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm in denial. Yes. You're going to have to add that to your bio, Mirren. Yeah. Apparently, that's what's going on right now. I uh, never thought it would actually happen. It is very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. I do want to start. I want to back up in your life. Um, did you play sports growing up? Yes. What was your relationship to sports as, as you were getting as, as a child and into adulthood? Yeah. So I loved basketball. Um, I started playing when I was 10 years old and I absolutely just fell in love with it the second I started. I was not good, but I was obsessed with it. (laughs) And that was the era of UConn's dominance with Tarazi and Sue Bird. And I wanted to be just like them. I like slicked my hair back so I could look like Tarazi with the bun. So you and Giannis have the same love for Tarazi. There are pictures going around that he had Put the jersey, drew the jersey for Tarasi on the wall. I know. I love that. Tarasi was one of the first jerseys I have. It's like this bright, like, um, not pink, but you know, the, the mercury color that they had. And I wanted to play basketball. And so that's what I did from when I was 10 till I was 20. I was really playing every second, AAU, all of that. I ended up playing my first year in college and then I stopped. Oh, wow. So you were good. I I became good, somewhat good. Uh, I was just obsessed and uh, I never thought of doing anything else. And then, you know, of course, life goes on. And so I was like, what can I do to like still be in basketball? And so I was like, I should be a writer. And that's kind of how that happened. That's my next question. Yeah. I wanted to know how you got into sports writing. Your feature writing is so spectacular. Oh, thank you. I think you're one of the best profile writers out there in sports these days. So you just decided at that point when you were in college, did you major? Did you go to J school, journalism school? Yeah. So when I was at my first, so the first college I went to was Lewis and Clark. And when I was there, I just had such a tough time during basketball. And I was like, this is not going the way that I want it to. And I think this is it with basketball. You know, it's not, I'm not going to play overseas. Like, I think this is it. And I started having kind of like a intellectual awakening outside of basketball. And I took this woman writer's class and it was all women. And that's when I got introduced to Toni Morrison. And I just fell in love with, with her writing and her books. And I just you know, I was like, I need to become a writer. Um, The professor said, like, women weren't supposed to hold the pen. And um, there was just something about that that motivated me. I was like, man, I want to be a writer. And it's funny because I've been writing my whole life. Like the first day that I played basketball was the first day I started writing in my diary. Wow. Um, That's a good story. Yeah, because I was just like so excited (laughs) about basketball. And I was like, I should write it down or, you know, and so I just became a diary person from like fifth grade all the way up. And but, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, yeah, I love I love this. But I never thought, oh, I could be a writer. And it wasn't until, you know, basketball was kind of going one way and, and life was happening the other way. I was just like, if I become a sports writer, then I can still be on the court. You know, but then I actually I actually fell in love with the writing way more than the basketball. So I'm really happy that that was a shift for me. 
You're a phenomenal writer. You're a phenomenal writer. I'm about <laughs> I'm about to sing your praises. You're such a good <laughs> You're such a good storyteller. Thank you. I feel like that's something that I'm always thinking about and, and working on. It came up through the academy where we weren't really taught how to write stories. Uh, how did you build this career around feature writing in particular? Yeah, you know, when I started out and I was like, I want to be a features writer, you know, at my first job at the Orange County Register, that was not a popular thing to say. It was like, why don't you want to cover the football game on Friday night and write a gamer? And I was like, taking stats on my own, doing that is not what I want to do, you know? So I would just pitch Mm -hmm. a million stories to them. And I mean, to even get there, that's how I started. I, I would just pitch to Slam Magazine in college and SB Nation a couple places and wasn't really getting a lot of internships because I went to a small school. I ended up transferring to Occidental College. And um, so I got my start by freelancing. And then I reached out to over 50 places upon graduation. And I either got ghosted or heard no or didn't hear back. And only one place responded, the Orange County Register. And so I was there from 2013 when I graduated to 2017. And every Monday I would come with like five more pitches and it was on the stuff that nobody wanted to do, like Little League Baseball, uh, you know, a junior college pitcher or, you know, some youth story. And so it was a lot of grinding and trying to make it. And I was freelancing in my like second and third year there for ESPNW and Bleacher Report. You know, they had reached out to me, but I wasn't able to get a full-time job. And it wasn't until they sent me to Lithuania in 2018 to cover LaMelo Ball. I came back and I, I got a full-time job at Bleacher. So that's that's how I started, really. What a sentence. They sent me to Lithuania <laughs> to cover LaMelo Ball. Do you have a favorite story? I think the story that I feel most, um, I don't know, sentimental about is the legacy of Mambasita, the Gigi Bryant story, because, you know, everyone was writing about Kobe when he died and she was just kind of a footnote in all the coverage I was reading. And I just kind of saw that and I was like, her story matters too, though. What, what about her? What about her teammates? And then the only things that were done, it was like, she loved UConn. She wanted to go to the WNBA. But I wanted to know, like, what kind of friend was she? Was she the girl that I would want to have a sleepover with? And so, you know, it's really hard, as you know, as a journalist, to call people right in the middle of their grief, and the, let alone at the beginning. So it was a huge challenge. But, you know, I got to interview like 30 of her closest friends and teammates. And so I'm, I'm just proud of that story because I know that that one just really mattered to me also as a a former girl that loved basketball that knows Mm -hmm. what it's like to feel that way like we were just talking about and I don't know I just felt really connected to the writing process with that one when we talked about we did an episode after they both died and yeah I mean I I only played basketball for a few years in middle school I'm six feet tall I'm so jealous I'm five feet tall (laughs) (laughs) okay um But the part, I think the only time when I really cried recording that was talking about her and like her teammates and like how much I want to cry now. Uh, Even thinking about like my middle school basketball team and like how important that was to me as I'm going through puberty to have been a part of that team. And oh, but of course, I have you on the show today because you have a book coming out. A book. A book. It hits shelves. August 10th, everyone. So go pre-order it right now. It's titled Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP, as in the Milwaukee Bucks superstar, as in the newly crowned NBA champion and NBA finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
So your timing is impeccable, <laughs> Mirren. So tell me, let's start at the beginning of the book. Like, when did you actually decide to do a book on Giannis and why? So I write at The Ringer now, but before I was at Bleacher Report, and this was summer 2019, and I saw that Alex, Giannis's youngest brother, was one of the top uh, prospects in the area, and Bleacher Report liked to do a lot of, you know, who's the next big prospect? Yeah, so I yeah. was just like, you know, I'm curious to see if this kid is good. Like, it must be hard to have three older brothers, let alone somebody like Giannis, who's in the NBA. And Giannis hadn't won his first MVP yet, but he was a superstar for sure. Um, um, and I went to their house and I was just expecting to talk with Alex. I didn't think Giannis would be there, but he was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it just so happened to like work out where I got to spend the day with them and interview Giannis and his mom and Alex and the other brother, Costas. So that, the book opens there. Yeah. And so I spent the day with them and I did the reporting for that story. And I was just so moved by the more vulnerable sides of Giannis um, because I think at the time everyone just kind of talked about his freakish athleticism and they didn't really talk about, you know, who he is as a person and um, what he's like as a big brother and, and just how how he's gone through so much with the death of his father. And so when it came out, it actually ended up revealing far more about Giannis than Alex. And hmm. I had been trying to write a book for a couple years. And as you know, it's like so hard to find a literary agent that believes in you and also an idea that they think will be you know, sellable and not just like a good story idea. I think that's the biggest difference right. between right. writing long form and books. You, it has to sell. And I sent it to this literary agent who uh, was really the one, you know, like I had I had talked to a lot before and they're like, I like you, but you're too young or uh, you're on the rise, but not there yet. Or like, I like this idea. I don't think it'll sell. You know, there was just like everything wrong all the time. But this mm -hmm. this agent was like great and just respected me and believed in me. And I sent him the story and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, yes, this is it. Um, so I did the proposal in December 2019, uh, shopped it around early 2020, and then signed the signed the book deal March 2020, and then the oh, world shut down. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> we Kavitha and I tell the story all the time, but like we literally finished like final edits, and then Rudy Gobert got COVID, and we were like, we actually need to add something to the book. So we were like just in passing. So you were just starting. Because one of my questions was like, did you go to Greece, Mirren? But obviously not. Right. No. Because <laughs> you haven't gone anywhere. The craziest thing <laughs> is that I was supposed to go to Greece, you know, that was in the works. Oh, and so I, I couldn't. Uh -huh. And because it's my first book, I, you know, I was nervous and I wanted to do a good job. So I just flew to Milwaukee in February 2020, like late before the world shut down. Sounds cold. Yes, it was very cold. And <laughs> thank God I did that because literally I would not be able to talk to anyone in person for the next year. And I ended up doing 221 interviews total, but it, you know, most of them from my, wow. from my apartment. But yeah, that trip was um, clutch because at the time, like I remember being there and my mom was like, can you find some sanitizer in Milwaukee? They're all sold out in LA. And I was like, that's no, they're not. Like, there's no way that sanitizer, you can't find sanitizer in Los Angeles. This is, you know, but little did I know mm -hmm. in like a week and a half, it would all go to, you know. Wow. So you interviewed over 200 people. Yes. I was going to, I wanted to ask about access. Yeah. And like, did Giannis understand that you were writing a book about him? 
Oh, did he have thoughts? Not at the time because I literally, when I went to their house, it was for the story. Right, right. Yeah. And then so I told Alex after that, I was like, hey, I want to write a book. And then he steered me to the agents. And then we had some conversations. Um, but then I had to actually do the proposal because it, it's hard to say, do you want to participate in something that doesn't exist? Because I didn't have yes, the deal. Right. That's such a weird, the, that freelancing space. Right. Yes. Yeah. You got to have something to ask, but having him makes it easier. Yeah. It's exactly. Chicken exactly. Egg. So I was like, just want to let you know this is happening. I'm doing this proposal. And uh, then, like I said, I flew to Milwaukee shortly after that. And I talked with the brothers again and the family again. And then the world shut down. So unfortunately, you know, that that was all I could do in person. Yeah, I never could have predicted a pandemic when I'm trying to do a book on on a very famous yeah. basketball player at a very critical moment in his life. Um, but I did my best. I did my best. If you love listening to us here on Burn It All Down, then what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listen to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit indeed.com slash blue wire to start hiring today. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So at some point, you have to stop writing. Yes. And then like you, you can do edits. 
Um, but there is like a point when the book went to the publisher and they started to literally print this book that's going to come out in August. When was that? Because I it had to have been before last week. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it was due. So I got the deal March 2020 and then it was due March 1st, 2021. So the manuscript was in beginning of March of this year. And um, then we did edits, I would say, through that month. My birthday was April 5th. We were pretty much locked in in April. So walk me through how – so people ask Kavitha and I these questions all the time because we had finished the book mm-hmm. before we knew what was going to happen in the pandemic and we had a whole book on sports. And it was right. like, how did you feel as everything unraveled? I, I was thinking about you because yeah. it was like he goes down – in the conference finals, it looks like his knee is very bad and he will be out for a long time. And then he comes back and he doesn't just come back. He's spectacular right. in the finals, right? Like deservedly won the MVP. Right. How do you, as the author of Giannis <laughs> coming out and all, like, how did you feel during all of that? Uh, well, he goes down and I lose my mind and um, I'm terrified. And, you know, this whole thing, first of all, let me just back up and say the original peg for the reason why it was coming out right now is because we thought he would still be in free agency. And that would be the biggest storyline of the offseason. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So that's why (laughs) I only had one year to do the book. Most people get like two years. Um, But then in December, as I'm midway through writing the book before my March deadline, he says I'm staying. And I was like, well, at least I know the ending of the book. And um, so that... So that was good. But then they decided to go on this incredible run in the playoffs and win the championship before I can write anything else. So we're actually in talks of um, potentially adding something to later editions. So I'm trying to figure that out right now. But, you know, you'll see in the way that it ends. I think it's still very much holds up because it's the, the last chapter is titled Home and it is very much him finding home, not just in Milwaukee, but home in 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 terms of like a comfortability in himself, his identities, his life. Um, this is just the icing on the cake and the book is how he gets there. Um, but I knew that, you know, there's a risk because I'm writing about somebody in real time. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever writes the second Giannis book is going to do such an amazing job because there's so much fertile territory left and Giannis is going to accomplish so much. So I'm just, I'm really looking forward to the next person's book. I think it's cool to have this as a moment in time capturing capturing his journey in in real time because a lot of sports books are about retired people. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when the player is retired, he's looking back on his career with a kind of gauze and, you know, memory is a tricky thing. So I I like that the memories were fresher and and more in real time. Maybe you'll write the next one. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's such a thing to say to someone who just finished birthing a book you're like right no I definitely want to I definitely I was like you know typical me like you need to have your book number two proposal in by December 2021 what's it gonna be and then they win the championship and everything goes crazy and I'm like okay Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna think about the second book for a couple months (laughs) so let me ask you about Giannis the basketball player I, I mean anyone who watched last week probably has an idea of how to answer this but like what makes him so good He's so passionate and he plays so hard and he does things on the basketball court that are just so unique for somebody his size, like a near seven footer to just take the ball from one end to the other. And when he goes into the paint, 
he's like, it's, it's the most terrifying sight in the world. Like there's nothing a defender can do. <laughs> They're going to foul him or he's dunking on them. And, you know, people just love how every night he'll give it his all. He might struggle for sure. He might have bad nights, but he's never going to like not play hard. And I think that endears him to so mm. many people. Yeah. We like that so much. And our athletes, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, there's some that work ethic or something. I agree. Because it's really simple. Giannis's life, that's maybe it's been undercovered because it's, you know, maybe it's not as sexy, but it's literally just like work hard, be a good teammate, uh, sacrifice, uplift others, be a good human. Maybe people don't want that story, but that's what it is for him. What was something that you learned about him or his family or anything around him that genuinely surprised you when you were doing this project? Well, I first thing is that they didn't intend to come to Greece. Um, they actually were supposed to, and they did go to Germany because um, his dad, Charles, was a soccer player and he was going to play there and then he got injured. So Greece was like plan B. Um, I wouldn't even call it a plan B. It was just something that they decided to do after going to Germany. You know, Greece is such a popular transit place for, you know, different types of of immigrants or, or refugees going into different places. So it really ended up happening very serendipitously. And another thing I was not surprised to learn, but um, certainly very grateful to learn. There's nothing surprising about this, but a lot of the book um, talks about the racism that he experienced, not just growing up, but now. Um, Even though he has morphed into a superstar and he is a national hero, there are so many racist um, comments about him in Greece and, and, you know, murals desecrated with him. And so it it was really important to me to have that in the book because I think it gets swept under the rug with his narrative. He seems like a nice guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's very nice. I watched the Instagram live the day after when he went to get yes, Chick-fil-A. The Instagram live. <laughs> the Instagram live. I mean, it was – and he he seems very thoughtful in the way of, like, before he turned the camera on the woman he was ordering from, he asked her if it was okay right, right. for him to turn. And I was like, oh, I don't even know if I would – maybe if I was an NBA superstar. Those are the kinds of things I would think – but yeah, well, you just like describe what he's he's like in person, what it's like to chat with Giannis. Yeah. So my favorite memory with him was I was in the, their basement interviewing his brother, Alex. And, you know, Alex gets a phone call in the middle of the interview and um, he just answers it and he starts speaking Greek. And so I have no idea who he's talking to. And then the call is like 30 seconds long. It's it, It's all in Greek. And then I was like, who is that? And he's like, oh, that's my brother. And I was like, isn't he like here? You're talking about Giannis, right? Isn't he like upstairs? And then he's like, yeah, he just want to check on me. He just want to make sure I was okay in my interview, which is just the most adorable, you know? And so he's just a big sweetheart, you know, and, and just, um, so loving towards his brothers and his family. And, um, he is so intelligent he is such a pleasure to listen to. He's charismatic. He's somebody that vacillates between like goofball and prophet. Um, he's very, very funny and he's very, very intense. And all of these sides, I think, make him just very curious about the world and empathetic and um, just easy to relate to. He is exactly, I think, the way everyone is coming to realize he is. That's so fun to learn that these guys that you like to watch play, that that's how they operate off the court. Yeah, because I'm sure you've had this experience too, where we interview guys that are not so 
nice and it's not fun. And there's no reason. I mean, he could be however he wants to be yeah. and he'd still be a superstar, you know? Right. And so the right. fact that he, yeah, I just find him very charming uh, whenever I see any videos of him. So you're now at The Ringer. Can you give us any hints as to what you're working on now, Mirren? <laughs> well, I actually had a story come out today oh, wow. on this indigenous runner. Her name is Rosalie Fish. And this is actually one of my favorite stories that I've done because it's an epidemic that I think people don't talk about as much is the missing and murdered indigenous woman. And um, it is staggering the statistics of Native women that go missing or are murdered with no consequences. And um, Rosalie Fish is a distance runner, and she's about to start running for the University of Washington. And when she races, she colors a red handprint over her mouth to signify the silencing of Native women. And um, she is a beautiful person. Um, she is going to change the world, I think. I can see so many things that she can do with her life. And I think she's just beginning. And running was also a way for her to cope with intense struggles with her own mental health and with the trauma that her family experienced. So the article talks about intergenerational trauma with Native Americans and the boarding schools that members of her family were forced into. And, um, you know, there was a, actually a daily episode on, on the New York Times podcast last week about these boarding schools. So if anyone's interested, that story just went up today. And um, I have another story next week, uh, shifting gears from track back to basketball, um, a draft story. So I'm excited about that. Do you sleep, Mirren? I feel you like know, you're you just know, always publishing these long, smart pieces. Can you see these bags right here? We got under, <laughs> under, I tried to put on some concealer for you, but no. She looks um, perfect and beautiful, everyone. <laughs> you cannot see those bags. <laughs> I just feel like the last couple of days, like I haven't slept. It's, it's funny. I had a 4.15 a.m. Um, TV interview because it was on the East Coast and I was mm -hmm. like so paranoid that I wasn't going to wake up. So I was like, I'm not, I'm just not going to sleep. I'll like sleep tomorrow or something. So I think after the book comes out, I'm going to take a very long nap for sure. That'll be great. Well, thank you <laughs> so much, Mirren, for finally, we should have had you sooner, uh, but finally coming on Burn It All Down. Good luck with the book. It comes out August 10th and it's titled Giannis, The Improbable Rise of an NBA MVP. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. As I said before the pod, I'm a huge fan of yours, of this podcast, of all of you. So thank you for the work that you do because honestly, like it is so necessary and I'm just, I'm very grateful to be on here.